This is Brightside Home Theater. But yeah, yeah. Reg, Reggie, Reginald, Reggie, you DM'd me, what, a few weeks ago, and I forget exactly how you put it, but you said, like, the way it is in my memory. I said it. What did you, go ahead, you I say said, it. I said it's time for the audio guru to make a return. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was so intrigued by that, I'm like is he just want to come back on or is he going to school me because I've been talking out of school here. So which is it? And, and I'm excited for either way, because I know I love having you on. I love talking to you. We've talked offline and stuff, but audio file wise, what do you got for me? What is it? Well, <laughs> not so much. It's just that, I've been upgrading my um, internet here at the house. Okay. I have two gigs of asymmetric uh, asymmetric um, internet now. So. Oh, nice. I was excited about that. Oh, okay. And what's <laughs> funny is it's kind of kind of wonky. <laughs> you're too. You're. Was that? You're exactly see your your internet's coming in a little bit um pixelated on my end. Well, it's this camera. Oh, okay. This old fashioned uh MacBook Air. Oh, okay. It's actually the first M1. So Yeah. No, that's it's fine. It's an M1 MacBook Air. So you have you have a two gig. Well, I see you perfectly. You're coming in perfectly on my end. Oh, okay. Yeah, cuz I you're yeah. Yeah, it's and your audio went a little bit funky for a minute there too, but that's okay. As long as we're we're, we're doing good, we're cruising along here. <laughs> so you have two gig now. I have one gig, and that that's plenty yeah. for me out in the woods. Are you in a like city area? Yes. So yeah. Yes, you... I'm in the middle of the Bay Area here. Oh, okay. So yeah, so you need <laughs> yeah that. about 12, I live about um ten miles from the city, from San Francisco. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Look at you. Look at you. So how things have been going? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent, man. Um, I've been listening to a lot of, to a lot of music because now Rune has a, um, a new application so that you can uh, take your Rune experience on the go. It's called Rune Arc. And oh, it nice. Works, it works by, um, Turning your Rune Core into a, a internet server, so it, you serve your own music no matter where you go. Oh wow! <laughs> so Rune is like the basically the music version of a Kaleidoscape, right? And it's you have Basi all well, it's actually it's your version of a Kaleidoscape. You know, it's your music. Yeah, not anybody else's, just yours. So it's not. So, so more like I, a Zapiti. Uh, my music. Well, it's a little bit more expensive than that. Well, yeah, no, I Rune know. It's very expensive. Right, right, right. It's, it's a high. It's high in. It's high in audio, basically over the internet now. So, what kind of bit rates is that sending out for audio? 
And how, what's the quality when you're on the go? Is it that good? The quality is lossless when you're on the go. Oh, right? wow. Um, so it's 196 kilobits, um, kilohertz. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not kilobits. 196 yeah. kilohertz. Yeah. Yeah. So it's full, full high res. Wow. And it's. Yeah. Now, when you're on the go, here's where I have issues with on the go for music. When you're on the go, do you need all of that quality? Because you're not in the best environment, right? Well, I mean, um, my my stereo in my car is capable of 196. Um, so, yeah, why not? I know it's <laughs> capable, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I mean? You're driving in a car. You have ambient sounds. Now, I mean, I, I, I'm going to assume you're not, you don't have a Mybach, is, right? <laughs> it's like, right. But the noise floor is kind of high right. in a car. But, you know, it doesn't matter. I just want is the best sound possible. I'm not arguing with you, Reg. I'm the same way. <laughs> but where I, like, that's... Yeah. Car audio, as I got at growing up, growing up in this hobby, um, I, I started to, to wean away from the car audio because, well, because it's like there, there were, to me, it felt like more diminishing returns there. But in your case where you have it in your home and you're streaming your stuff to yourself, it's like, you don't have to stream lesser quality. I get that. But I always like, I just kind of went towards the home side because there's only so much you can do in a car. No matter how perfect it is, the the environment you can never get to be perfect, right? That's true. Um, but what I find though is it's better uh, because of two reasons. One, it's better to the car, but it's also better just walking around in the middle of town. You know, yeah. so I have a portable high-end DAC that I carry. I could put it in my pocket and I have high-end my high-end headphones here that I put on my head. <laughs> I know you go. <laughs> so you're walking around like in pocket and on your head with probably a more expensive system than people have in their homes. <laughs> you're just like walking That's around. True. You're walking down the street. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, let me show you. I have some. Yeah, I have some stuff here. And this is where it's nice where your <laughs> your microphone didn't go with you. This is the iFi. This is oh. the iFi battery operated DAC that I use. Oh wow! All right. And okay. This, I this to my iPhone. Yep. Right. With this little adapter right here. Yep. I don't know if you can yep. see that. The dongle. Yeah. I know. Yep. I know oh. that well. A little dongle there and it connects to the iphone so i have high-end sound on the go so do you find that like your personal the rune is better than lossless from even like from apple because you have the apple iphone so apple lossless on itunes well, it's not actually um it's actually the pure bits you know it, when you send a when you, it's not actually being, um, it's not actually being downgraded to mm -hmm. lossless. It's actually bit for bit the same as the CD. 
okay. or any other uh, right five. So, so it's a it's one for one. Like yep. yep. One for one. Yep. So even you can send um you can send all the bits downstream or upstream in this case. Right. Yep. That's what that's one of the reasons why I like having an asymmetric connection. It doesn't matter where I am. I can still hear, you know, bit for bit. And and like I said, so that's and do you find that better than like the iTunes? I don't have you. I don't use iTunes any longer. <laughs> I'm sorry, I stopped <laughs> using it. <laughs> Why bother? I now use Cobus. What is it? I now use Cobus. Cobus. Yeah, what's that? That's a streaming service. Oh, okay. It's a high-end streaming service. Look at you. It's a French company. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Cobuzz and um, Rune go together because Cobuzz and there is a um, plugin for Cobuzz in the Rune application. Okay. So I use that. So it what it does is it mixes uh, my streaming music and my own library into one unified um application yeah so i now have the ability to take that rune cobas combination and take it on the road and i'm sure you're playing like you know poison and def leopard stuff like that right my my oh, no, genres no, 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 no. <laughs> oh yeah i do i do play a lot of um what we would refer to as in the old days as acid rock. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but um, yeah, I do have some Led Zeppelin and other rock bands. Yeah. That's a little higher end than what I just mentioned, but yeah, it's, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's um, what, what, when you're walking around town with, you know, basically a bank account of gear on your head, uh, what what are you listening to? I'm listening to all the things I would probably just listen to here, you know, like um, orchestra, you know, symphonies. Um, I'm listening to jazz. Okay, I listen to a lot of jazz. Okay, like Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock, Stanley Clark, people like that. I think the <laughs> only one I heard I recognized out of that was Herbie Hancock. I don't know the others. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, Chick Corea just passed away about a little less than, I guess, nine months ago. Okay. And uh, so he he's like, he's sort of like the, um, I don't know, he's like a, a very prolific composer. Okay. And so he has like more than 60 albums that have been released on with him on it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so when you're listening on the go and all right, let's get out of the headphones and go back to the car. When you're listening on the go, do you listen for like stuff that you would hear at home? Like little intricate, do you try to hear that or can you hear that? And is like, see, for me, it was like when I watch movies and I watch scenes or if I'm listening to music, 
Well, me listening to music, it's not comparable because I, I've said it before. I need to get up and run. So I'm not really listening. It's more of a motivational thing to me. But you, you seem like, like when we talked before, it's like you like to hear, like we were saying, like the pluck of the string or the, you know, the, the, the intricacies of each note of each sound. Now, are you trying to pull that out? And what I'm saying is like in the car where you have all that other ambient noise, are you still like being able to like with your ears, be able like, ah, I could hear it. I know it's there. Most people wouldn't hear it because of the car noise, but I can hear it. Are you, are you doing that? Or are you just relaxing and listening? Well, I don't always hear it, but I actually, I know it's there. So I don't worry about it. It still sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not criticizing. I was just wondering, like, it's fascinating well, to me you know, that people love to sit, you, Johnny speakers, they sit and listen to music and just, to, it's fascinating to me because I, I can't do it. And it's, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's like my, I can't even wrap my head around. It's, I hear something great. I want to get up and run. I need to do something. Well, actually you do listen to a lot of music. You're just not aware of it. Right. You, when you're watching your movies. Yes. You're, you're basically watching us, uh, listening to a symphony, but you're not, you're not really aware that you are right. No. And, and that's like, well, so we, we pull, go ahead. We, we can pull, um, the music out of the movie, right. And yeah. put it on a separate disc. Then you'll hear it. Oh yeah. No, I know. And then, <laughs> well, did you hear when, uh, John and I talked about, we, uh, Hans Zimmer, the, the Blu-ray? And just that, right? Did you have you seen that Blu-ray? It's amazing. No, I haven't seen that one. Oh my god! No. Oh, but I've seen a, a lot <laughs> of, um, you know, some film composers are my my most favorite uh, musicians, like John Williams and yeah. um, etc. But um, but uh, you <laughs> in movies, in movie, in the movie parlance. The music is there to fill in the the gaps between people talking, right? And uh and set the mood of the set movie. the mood. Absolutely. So, and yeah. it's I was gonna push back on you there for a minute because I don't think it's to to call it a gap filler was it would it's like doing a if sounded it like is, a disservice. It is, a, it is like, essentially right. Have, if you watch have you ever watched them uh a, a movie before they add the score to it. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. It, so it, it's even in, um, like if you do an audio only podcast, one of the reasons they have music in the background on, on the shorter ones is because it's edited and chopped, but that, that score to anything, it creates linearity. Like you're, it, it feels like more cohesive all the way through. And it's the same in the movie. I just felt, and you're right by calling it, it is a gap filler because by filling in the gaps in conversation or in dialogue, it, it creates that, you know, cohesiveness. But what I felt like when you first said gap filler, I was like, oh no, I'm like the, the biggest thing to me, <laughs> what score does in a movie is the mood it's, they can they can make you happy. They can make you sad. Have, have you ever seen the demos where they can take the same scene and they score it differently. Exactly. And, and, yeah, is, isn't that awesome? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Try listening. Try watching Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay, the I'll be back. 
<laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I know. It, so, it, I have, I have, and I've, I've seen stuff like that. Yeah, no, it isn't. It isn't. It's, I, I feel like we talked about it the last time you were on the, the scenes that I've seen where they take the sound and they, they score it differently. And it was, I still remember it. It was a, a shot from like the middle of the road, looking down a sidewalk and there were just people, it was just a normal shot. Here's no sound or the ambient sound is just traffic and people walking and whatever, right? Regular city street sounds. And then they scored it to be angry. They scored it to be sad. They scored it to be happy. They scored it, all of this stuff. And every time you like, you thought like on the angry one, those people walking by had a purpose. Like they, they were so mad and they were going somewhere and it was all the same stuff. And it, it is. And that's why when you said like, it's a gap filler. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, it's so much more than that. Yeah. Of course, it's more than that, but it does fill the gaps between right. between scenes and yes. between um, you know they set the the music is has some producer on a movie set, so he gets with the uh, director and they decide what where they're going to use the music. Yeah, and so the composer he just he just composes. He's comp composing all kinds of themes for each character. Yeah, or uh, or the uh, general ambiance of the movie, mm -hmm. but it's the producer of the the uh, music that has to decide where the music is actually going to be placed. Right. Yeah, and it's. Well, go ahead. Uh, you, oh go ahead. no! What I was going <laughs> to say is the first thing, and I thought of you when I got my. Morant's and I went to separates. Now I don't have the separates you have, but I remember our conversation, uh, our, con our last conversation talking about how like going to separates, having that cleaner amplification, all of this stuff and how, and just talking about the plucking of the strings and the drum beats and stuff like that. And that's, that's kind of what motivate helped motivate me. I should say to to go to separates. It was our conversation. So when I fired up my system and I got it all, I got all of this installed and put star Wars on John Williams. My first thing I play every time I thought of you and I was like, Holy crap. I'm like he's, the bass, the mid bass, I guess it would be like the drum beats that I could feel. I, I was like it, it going to separates like that and feeling those drum beats, feeling these, these notes that I had never heard or felt before I was like, and like I said, I was thinking of you and it's like, yes. Is it, is it night and day difference from what I had before? No, but it's that increments and those increments to somebody that's been listening to something over and over like yourself with your music and me and my movies, it's those increments are a big deal. You know, it's like most people be like, wow, that sounded the same to me because they don't know how to break it or they haven't had the experience with that piece to break it down the way we are in our heads. But when you have that, that is a big, it, it feels like a bigger jump than it probably is to everybody else. Right. 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 So I was just thinking, um, I was watching last night. I watch, uh, the, um, on the Disney Channel, they have the Love and Thunder um, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, have you have you seen that? 
I haven't seen the behind the scenes yet. No. Yeah. It's about, I guess it's about 90 minutes of them showing how mm-hmm. they made the movie, yep. what types of sets they use. They use, you know, the um, perspective set, you know, the projection. Oh, the, uh, um, the volume. Yeah. The volume, they use the volume in, you know, the part yep. where they're outside and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but when they're outside and they destroy the, you know, that, that temple. Oh yeah. The opening scene. Yeah. 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 The opening scenes. Well, that's, that was done on the volume, all that whole thing. Wow. And then uh, and <laughs> they also used. Um, they built practical sets. Yep. And that was kind of cool looking to see that. Yeah. But they used a lot of different techniques. You know, they used blue screen, of course. Yeah. They sort of, well, they used, you know, they didn't just use one, just one type of special effects um, apparatus. They used just about everything, every, <laughs> everything in the book they used yeah. in, on that movie. And it looks <laughs> it too. You know what surprises me about them using the volume there is, in um, my opinion of the volume, it's one of my opinions of the volume has been that it doesn't feel like they can get a super bright image or a, a lot of contrast out of it because they did the Mandalorian in there, uh, the Batman was done in there, and it always felt like you had a more washed out image anytime they filmed in there, but now no I'll, I'll have to see that but knowing that that scene was filmed in there and how bright and vibrant that scene was i guess it yeah, is yeah. you are it is capable that, of it yeah the part where um you see by the Thor, tree yeah uh yeah, yeah. and this he's the sunset is in i guess in back of him or in front of him one of yeah, the yeah. two and yeah. um that was really bright yeah i don't know about you but yeah um that came across that came across really great on my um on my television set anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it it yeah. does, the entire movie looks fantastic. That whole movie from beginning to end the the um you've got some scenes that are really dark. We won't get into it, but you know what I'm talking about. And but the the vibrancy of those colors throughout that movie, his suit that he he ends up in that like blue suit kind of with the red with the red cape yeah and, and it's from the um oh. the light um coming off of the um helmet yeah right yep <laughs> so oh it looks so great and it, and then they finally nailed it for sound too that it's got to be one of the best if not the best disney disc for sound so no I, I i keep hearing people say that about disney Somehow they're lacking it in the lower end. I think it's um, I, okay. Go ahead. I have one. Know, I have a. I have. I have a thought, <laughs> as I always do. <laughs> you know, it might be the way they're uh, mixing the movies for the home theater, uh, but I think there's a lot of bass in those movies. They're it's just not. Maybe you you're emphasizing the wrong frequencies. <laughs> right. No, I, and I've, I'm with you. I don't get now Ragnarok on the other hand, that's lacking. It doesn't have it, that movie there. I just feel like it just doesn't have the punch that most movies have. 
Yeah. And, but other than that, I, I agree with you that Disney, I don't think their discs are bad. I don't think like there was some people were saying, uh, multiverse of madness didn't have the right bait, didn't have enough bass. And I was like, I did not see that at all. I loved that. Um, the Iron Man movies, uh, Iron Man one, one of my favorite MCU movies I've watched many, many times. Uh, people were complaining the Atmos track didn't have enough. Ba- I watched it. I'm like, looks, sounds great. Uh, obviously end game, infinity war, those all sound great. But what I mean by, what I mean by Thor love and thunder is it's not so much that it has the base, right? It's how they use right. the base. Right. It's how dynamic it was. Like they'd go from this lot, like quieter scene to this big boom or the, the way that the, the depths that they went to from the heights that they started at, it just, it, that's to me, and it, it's a hard way to describe it, but it just felt like a more dynamic movie, which is more engaging for the listener. And that might be exactly what you're referring to with, like it's not that there's no base it's how you use it because you know what i mean like if you have a scene and it's just all base and it's all just a big boom like a big rumble that's not dynamic yeah. that's pretty flat it's no, just flat just down boomy. low right it's <laughs> yeah, the dynamic yeah it's what's what makes something a scene dynamic is they'll have that really high pitch like high frequency sound and then drop you right into a boom. And then you're like, whoa, because you were set on that higher pitch. And that makes that boom seem even boomier because now you're down in the depths. So, you know what I mean? So it, just like if you had a scene that was all like really loud, you'd be like, that's, uh, that's not dynamic. It's flat, but it's up at like 15 or 15 K. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about with dynamics. And that's what I think about like, Thor Love and Thunder, the way they mixed that, it just feels so much more dynamic than any other that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that movie. It was great. <laughs> and also, I've, um, I've seen a lot of movies in the last few weeks, and oh, yeah? they're all kind of running. <laughs> what else <laughs> have you seen? I've seen quite a few myself. <laughs> I've seen it well, mostly in at the theater. Oh, nice! And, uh, here at here in the man cave, yeah. So I've uh, I've got um, a lot of movies that I've been watching lately, but I can't remember what they were. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few people do that. I've seen <laughs> movies. What have you seen? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> what's in the theater that you like to see Reese? I haven't been to the theater. When was the last time I went to the theater? There hasn't not oh, the last movie I saw um, I at the think. theater was woman King. That was, actually, is that good? That, that movie is. Oh yeah. That movie's going to be uh, taking all the Oscars. No doubt about you it. You think? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. So, I, I haven't seen that. I think I'm going to watch that one at home. Yeah, it's. I don't know when it's coming to disc, but it should be should be fairly soon, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it, the story is great, the action is great, um, the music was fantastic. Oh, nice! Right, and 
<laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for our audience out there. Okay. It's good. Yeah. It's yeah. I just recommend you go see it. Cool. Yeah, I'll check. I, I planned on checking that one out. That one looked. I the trailers look pretty good. Uh, what's her name? Who's Who's the lead actor in that? Um, that. Um, oh, come on. Now that's one thing. I'm not good with names. Sometimes, Me neither. But... And that's why. That's why I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> I can, um, I can pull it up here. because uh, it's killing me right now. Um. Do, 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 do. Let me pull it up. I was looking for it as well. Um, come on, Viola Davis. That's who it is. Correct. Yep. That's it. Viola yep. Davis. Yes. Yeah. A fantastic actor. Yes, I, I could watch. Um, I could watch her read the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure if I. Oh, John Boyega's in it. I know him. I don't really. Oh, and uh, I also saw um, the Bullet Train. Oh yeah, I have that. I haven't seen yeah. it yet, though. I bought it. I haven't yeah. seen it. How's that? I bought it too. It's. This hasn't arrived yet on Blu-ray, but it, it'll be out in a few weeks. Yeah. But I usually, when I go to the movies, I always go with the eye of, oh, if I like it, I'll always uh, buy it. Yeah. That's what the I movies like are it. for. It's our previews for what we're going to get right. at home. Well. <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 15 bucks for you to get in, see if you like it. And then if you like it, you go buy the movie. That's, that's how it works. That's all it is for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how was bullet so, train? Good action. I love Brad Pitt. Bullet that train, one. I remember it's kind of um, out there. Okay. It's, the uh, action scenes are pretty unbelievable. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I saw that trailer. I can't, I mean, at the beginning of the summer when I was seeing, you know, when you go to see Top Gun, I saw Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Uh, what else did I see? I saw a few other movies. And every time I went to the movie, that was a trip. That was one of the trailers. So much that nope. I was like, oh my God, if I see another trailer for this. Nope was a good one. Nope was a good one. You need, you need was to that go good see too? That. Yeah, I've heard that good was things. Good too. Yeah. I haven't seen that I one saw yet. That, um, when it came out, I and that one there, I didn't like it from the trailer. I was like, because the trailers I saw on it, I couldn't figure out what it was about, and I, I kind of like, and then they, then, uh, then they changed the trailer up, and they had a different trailer, and it like sent a completely different message about what the movie was about. Like the first trailer was like all like horror type movie. And the second trailer were like, they were dancing and having fun. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Which is this? So I was like, I don't know about this movie. So I wanted to wait about word of mouth. And then it's Twilight Zone in 2022. That's, is it really? That's what, no. Yes. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. So yeah, it was for what it was. It was okay. I mean, it, <laughs> It's not a deep movie that I'm going to be thinking about for the next 25 years. Nope. 
see what I did there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Your face looked stumped. You're like, oh, <laughs> that was great. But uh, uh, sure, it was a, for you know most movies you go to, you just go to them and you forget about them. Yeah. Let's face it, you forget about them in a few days. I know so, you started this but, with. I went to the movies. What'd you see? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <You said. laughs> it's just it's entertainment for the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a one-off. <laughs> All right, that was good. That's funny. <laughs> but there are movies that you know do have an effect on people, like uh, I don't know, like two thousand and one or. Star Wars. See, do you get a yeah. big effect Ooh, out of 2001? Does yes. That, really? Because yes. Lee Overstreet, yes. Lee Overstreet gets a big effect out of that too. And I, st I, I still don't I get that's, it. That's generational. I think that's generational. You're not that much um, older than I am. And Lee's, I think younger well, than me or he's my age. <laughs> well, I saw, um, 2001 when it first came out back in 1969 i was 14 at the time okay so you're a lot older than so, me never mind i thought you were closer to my age you're 15 oh, years older so. than me holy yeah yeah you're 15 years older than me yeah so you were 14 so, going to the movies i wasn't even born yet that's, See why, that? <laughs> that's why I like having you on, Reggie. You make me feel young again. But think about it. Think about it. When Star Wars came out, I was already out of college when Star Wars came out. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, even I was in, in I was, I was barely in, in grade school. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. You you could say that um, the makers, the, the guys that made Star Wars and uh, that uh, and uh, and those genre of films that's more or less saved Hollywood. Yeah. Those are people of my generation. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, so yes. Let's let me ask you this. Okay. I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I heard it uh just recently in the context of saved television, for instance. Uh, when you use the phrase like that, now and you might have some experience with this and like and I've heard it before, like Star Wars helped to save Hollywood. Uh, I think Apocalypse Now was another one. It was the, before these movies came out, was there no such thing as like a blockbuster? Had they not had blockbusters before that? There were always summer movies that kids went to go see. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, Fistful of Dollars. Uh, I remember those when I was, you know, real young. Right. Um, then Eastwood was, you know, mm -hmm. big time box office at that point. Right. Um, but, but they weren't big, like but, but none of that was like Star Wars though, right? They didn't. No, Star Wars was basically the first blockbuster of its type. Right. Yeah. And where people lined up to go see it. Yeah. Nobody had, I didn't see anybody lining up to go see 2001. <laughs> no well that that's what i mean it's like up until now jaws and, and, came out the year before star wars right were people lined up for that 
No, but it was big at the box office. It was huge. It was. It uh, was I know that, yeah. but I think so, I have a the- I have a quick theory. Go ahead. What was it? Oh, so so based off of what? Uh, all right, we all know, like we all know, Jaws, and what's one of the greatest things about Jaws is that you hardly see the shark at all, right? So it's that anticipation, and it's. Right. And it, it's, well, it's that the wasn't perfect design. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but Hitchcock did the same thing by design. Right. So it's not like, yeah. it's not like Spielberg reinvented the wheel here. He, he just, I mean, he no. wanted the shark earlier, but he couldn't get it to work. So they had to, you know, he basically created a different movie than he really wanted, but it still worked fantastic. But what he was implementing is a lot of what Hitchcock did is like, you know, that you put it off until the last minute or put it off camera and makes it just as more fearful or yeah, fearful as if you actually saw it, if not more. Right. So, but it's that anticipation. That's what gets people. It's the unknown. It's like people want to go and, and, and be scared or whatever. But, but anyways, but that idea of like, you don't need to see it to be like, all right, well, the marketing for star Wars was you, there was like, it was a huge marketing push, but they didn't really show you a ton. People didn't know what they were going to get. And that's why I think they were lined up, right? This thing was popular before anybody had even seen it. That's the, that's right, the marketing right. genius of like George Lucas the toys sold out and they hadn't even been made yet. <laughs> they were just selling, they were selling promissory notes. <laughs> like that's it. So it, it was that marketing that created that blockbuster for us. Now, what happens to Hollywood if Star Wars bombs? Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's, if Star Wars bombs and George Lucas, it's not going to be in Hollywood. Right. Okay. So right. So um, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what would happen. Well, at that, that point, at that point, at the late sixties and the early seventies, there, in the middle seventies, late sixties, the old old ways of doing business in Hollywood was dying, mm-hmm. which is why uh, they sort of revived Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? Because. All of the moguls, all of the old um, Hollywood moguls were dead. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so yeah. George Lucas and um, Steven Spielberg, uh, they're like the uh, the moguls of yesteryear. They they now, were pushing yeah. out movies that uh, people were going to they wanted to see. So right. They don't, it's like any it's like any other business. It, if you make a lot, if you get people to in the seats, they keep, they want you back. If you don't, they don't. Right, right. Well, w- what's interesting is, and like I said, I just heard a conversation earlier that like so, such and such saved television. And now like we're saying like Star Wars and like these movies, they help save the movie industry. I really, and people today are talking about the movies potentially dying, theaters going away and this, I don't, I don't foresee that happening because I think there is an inherent need for us to be entertained, us to go out and do this stuff. And 
have a night out. Like you said, it's an afternoon out, right? You go to the movies for your afternoon right. out. You catch a preview of what you're going to buy for in your home. That's our thing. <laughs> but, but there is a need for that. But I think what we, what we perceive as something being saved is actually somebody tapping in to what the population wants. Right. And if they've been going along, like you said, the moguls have been going along. Hollywood was under the one kind of business model for a long time. They pumping out these movies, people that get stale after a while, but then you get some young directors, young artists come along like a Lucas or a Spielberg and, uh, and they, they, they regenerate or rejuvenate the population. And then that becomes those blockbusters that we have today I think maybe we're searching for that a little bit. I think there's a certain segment today that's looking for something other than a comic book movie, but it's going to, well, I <laughs> see, I, I always, I, I laugh at that. I always push back on that. I'm like, they're like, Oh, nobody likes these things anymore. You know, no, why can't they make other movies or whatever? I'm like, why would they make anything else? These they things are make making other movies because nobody wants to see other movies. Well, well, so, they're not making other movies. Exactly. The money, they're making billions of dollars doing this. Why would they go do something and make hundreds of millions when they can go make just billions? And it's, I, I get exactly. it. It's business. But to say it's like, those aren't as popular. They're not as popular anymore. Well, yeah, they are. They are the most popular. That's why they're making them. Uh, doesn't mean there's not room for other movies, but now those, those lesser movies have been slid to streaming now and that's where i think well the more well artistic movies are going to stream in other words the movies that uh people say are serious right serious which which is kind of funny oh. do, do you see the shift that's going on here when it was a few short years ago when martin scorsese said like Netflix and this, or was it Netflix or was it Spielberg might've said it? Somebody was saying like Net, oh. Netflix movies shouldn't be considered for Oscars or anything on the streaming <laughs> shouldn't be considered. I think maybe that was Spielberg. Um, but they were like, they it should was Spielberg and it was a uh, Scorsese as well. Okay. Um, uh, but he, you know, those guys, they're sort of stuck in the ice. Well, yeah, but you what's funny is the more artistic, to your point, the more artistic, well-acted movies are are going towards, are leaning now more towards streaming, and then your yes, your blockbusters, they, they people are going to start making. Audience, yeah, the audience is there for them, right? They don't have to worry about they don't have to worry about filling uh, seats in a large uh, theater, right? You can do, I mean, no. but then your blockbuster movies, I just see a shift here where all of a sudden where, remember how it used to be the actors, if actors worked in, tel, if you worked in movies, you didn't work in television. That was like a downgrade. If you were already a big movie star, you didn't do small screen. That was, oh, but that's no, completely no. flipped, right? The, no way. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But nowadays that there, that's gone. But now I think it's going to go the other way. Oh, you're just in those big blockbusters that goes to the theaters. I'm in the artsy movies. I'm I'm the actor. I play in on streaming services. And the the more to your point is like the more artistic movies are going to go to streaming, 
the people that want to experience them the way you would in a theater, they'll, they'll have home theaters, but the, right. the big blockbuster money makers are going to go to the big theaters and there's actually going to be like that little disparity between the two. I'm like, Oh, you're just, a, you're, Oh, that's Chris Evans. He just does those big blockbuster movies. <laughs> maybe, maybe the theaters, instead of having like they do today, multiple screens, maybe they'll just have, like the old days, maybe one, one screen, one or two. Yeah, there's been talk to of show that. Show the big blockbuster movie, yep. and all the other um, material will will get funneled into the streaming industry. Yeah, yeah. It's, the and problem that, is though, they have all these big multiplexes. You're gonna have to tear those well, down or something, or they, re reutilize they them. Up, they can tear them down. <laughs> yes, they can. Seen it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not opposed to either. I, I don't, I always thought I, I like, like you said, like Spielberg, Scorsese, I think they get a little too stuck in their genre, in their time period, uh, not seeing how the landscape, and they're better at this than I am. I'm just saying like, I just think it's funny that they both said stuff against the streaming, but now they both have streaming stuff going on. <laughs> of course they're going, they know where the money is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they fought it as long as they could and if you can't beat them join no, them Spielberg could make a million dollars uh for nothing you know no i know <laughs> he has out of a a lot a lot of business sense too yeah he's oh, not yeah. just an artist no i know yeah that's and that's a rare thing a lot of artists aren't very good at business take myself <laughs> 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 i don't like money um yeah <laughs> we don't hear much from lucas anymore i wish he did more he's retired i know well, you don't, you don't hear i know i wish he wasn't i wish he... i know have you seen um you seen the special they had on disney about the making of star wars probably which one <laughs> the one where they showed the uh industrial light and magic yeah uh yeah. that part okay and um when he started that, he he almost had a nervous breakdown. Yeah, the movie business has not been good to his uh, psyche. Well, he's <laughs> a um, this I I liken him. I I watched uh, who there's a few people. I've seen some Madonna stuff, uh, Springsteen stuff, uh, Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters, uh, Lucas. Um, Demi Moore is another one. Uh, they're all people that are, they're all artists that are very, um, they're control freaks. Like they need exactly what's in their head. They need to get that out in the, in, in the exact form that it's in their head. And I've, I'm close to being a per person like that when I, when I do my stuff. Uh, my brother is a person like that and I've worked for my brother, um, on projects and it is so hard to work for these people. And it's even harder to be one of these people because what is in your head? It's, it's almost impossible, right? Think of your, use your imagination and then try to try to just try to tell somebody about a dream you had. Right. Just try to describe that dream and you can never. Oh, but you, you're not understanding. Right. Just do that. Somebody like George Lucas is doing this 
but on a scale of a movie screen. And that's what's in it. And he's trying to get that onto that screen. And it is. It'll give you a nervous breakdown because you're going to have to make compromises because your imagination is way more powerful than any technology. And that's what's... For, for, for him to do what he did in 77 and then today to be like, they did that in 70 and he, and to have the forethought to go, I can't make episodes one through three yet because I don't have the technology in 1970, in the seventies, he's thinking, I can't do phantom menace yet because I don't have the technology to do that. So let me start here. And all right, this looks like a good origin story. What? It's like, like, think of Star Wars all by itself. And if it had never made another movie, it's like, yeah, it's got a beginning, a middle and an end and stuff. But you're like, it's, what is it? Where did they go? What was that all about? And then what happens if it never had another movie? What are we, what are we imagining? Like Darth Vader tumbled off into space and the rebellion, I guess just won, but where did Vader come from? What did this, but we loved it. And it was three years before we got another one. And that only, that didn't answer any questions. It just raised more. (laughs) Well, now people, now people hate the first three episodes. Oh yeah. I don't, (laughs) I, I, they're not my favorite of star Wars, but I, I like them. Have you watched Andor at all yet? Yes. I, I watched, I just finished watching that uh, last night. And what do you think of that so far? that that to me is like um it's a it's a uh quintessential drum where you have protagonist mm-hmm. and bad guy right and the bad guy overarching is the emperor yeah his henchman Darth Vader is out there somewhere yeah, but they're not. Yeah, is he even going to be in this one? But they're not there. They're not there in present, right? Present tense. But you can see, you can see that this this story that they've created actually came from a just a few lines in in the first Star Wars, where they're talking about um, the people who sacrificed their lives to to give us these plans. Oh yeah. Yeah, that line from yeah. yeah from A New Hope, which came from which right, from, generated Rogue One, and now we're getting right. the backstory to you know. Now we're getting Cassian. the backstory from Rogue One, right? And so, it, yeah, isn't that cool? There's so much. Yeah, there's so much. If you have imagination, you can you know what they're doing is they're channeling. Yeah, um, they're channeling him. Right? they're saying, oh. Where we're gonna take these lines and these backstories oh. and and then bring them to life. Yeah, which is excellent because you can you can produce a whole, you know, a whole universe <laughs> that way. Right, and it's isn't that yeah. isn't that amazing that like, and it was it and the idea of Rogue One was even just conceived by fan theory or fan anger of the one flaw like. <laughs> Why would the Death Star just explode like that? Why would that happen? And for people to do that. Not only, not only once, but twice. Yeah, they couldn't <laughs> fix it. I know. But they, they, but it's like, that's they why. They killed I, the Death Star twice, remember? Oh, uh, yeah. And, no, I know. Return of the Jedi. Yep. And then 
and the new hope. Yep. Yep. So, it, but the idea of like, now we have the internet. So people are talking, everybody knows what it is. I think going forward, we're going to get more Dave Filoni's. We're going to get more people that are like, you know, Rogue One was a movie that was, you know, fan fiction. It was an idea. Fans didn't like a certain segment of it or a certain aspect. So somebody out there was like, I found a way to do this. Let's, let's do this story. And Hollywood backed it. And now we're the benefactors of this. All based off of, you know, now <clears throat> you're, you're taking, it's, it, it, I love this to topic, obviously, but a lot of people will be like, oh, is Star Wars a copy or did Star Wars copy this or did Lord, of where did it all come from? Everything's a copy of everything. Something came before it. Very rarely do we ever come out with a truly unique piece of anything art, technology, or something. It's always based off of something else. But what I find interesting about the Star Wars universe is instead of copying Star Wars and making your own thing, right? What they're doing is exactly what you said, is they're taking a line from Star Wars and building something new off of that within that same universe, but yet is slightly different. Like what I like about Andor is I actually feel like it's a more engaging an entertaining version of Phantom Menace. It's it's more about the politics that are going on. It's more about how the rebellion is being formed, whereas Phantom Menace is kind of how the Empire was being formed. This is, but this one here, it just seems to be more well rounded out, which is probably because it's a series. It's a personal story. It's a yes. more personal story. Whereas uh, the Phantom Menace was an overarching story yeah now it showed the the political and entanglements but not too much no just enough to entice you yeah but this story is like um how do you start a rebellion how do you put it together how did how does it build upon itself that's what's going on in there uh, how do you get the people motivated opinion. right Right. Do you shoot them or what? Yeah. <laughs> do you offer them money? Yeah. Well, you and know, that's how do you? Yeah, it's. I, how I, do you get the? How do you get the story? The the idea of rebelling against the the man. You know, right. How, do, how does that come about? Right. Yeah. Does does it build upon itself? No. Mm. Uh, how does that work? That's I think where it this, does. This story, I think, is yeah, uh, it comes in. Yeah, I think it does. I think any time, any time in history or anything, it wasn't about the money. You can't. You it. You have to. I mean, you're gonna be. No, it's, it's always about ideas. Yeah, it's ideals. It's always right. based on ideas. Right. And, it's, and then people get, of course, get eighty, and you know things happen. But it's always based on an idea, right? It's always based on an idea, and it, it's that's, I mean, I, yeah, it's that's what always baffled me about um, the draft, for instance. Like in like you're drafting people, and it's like 
you're much better off having people that want to be there. Right. It's like, you're going to force somebody, you're going to force somebody to go. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, you want people people to be there. The minute he's, uh, the minute Putin, the draft came out of his mouth, a million people left the country. (laughs) Oh yeah. But that, that's nothing against the Russians or it, that we, they did that here. It's like, wait, what? I got to go. Um, I was just watching. I was just watching the tomorrow war. You've seen, have you seen that one on Amazon? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, yeah, all those people. It, yeah. And that was a draft in the middle, like just in the, there was no such thing. It's like, could, and I was thinking, I'm like, could you imagine if that happened? Like for real, like, Vietnam, it's like, or in the, that was the last time we had the draft, but the draft had been in place before that. So it was always known. I had to sign up. I think, you, do you still sign up for it? I don't even know if you do. You I had to have to register. Yeah. Or if, you might if automatically no be nowadays. Draft. I had to go. I remember going to the oh, post office years. and registering, Um, yeah. but we didn't have it, but there was always the potential they could re and they still could. But anyways, but just imagine, I love the beginning of that movie. You're at Christmas time, you're watching TV, and next thing you know, they just institute a draft because time travel has just been discovered. And you're like, holy, and like, you have no mindset for that. You have no, like, imagine being forced, like, just on a whim, you got to go fight a battle and you're probably going to die. Wait, what? I got to, what? You have no motivation. Your motivation is to stay alive. In which case, do I run yeah. from the draft or do I run from the bad guys that you're going to send me to? <laughs> it's like, which one? And that, you know what I mean? That's, that's what your motivation is. Exactly. So not, not to get political, but what we're talking, your original point is how do people, how do you get people to do things like that? And it's like, well, it's, it's gotta be a, a passion of theirs, right? It's like, if, if imagine yeah. if all of a sudden you got forced to listen to Brightside home theater, there would be a lot well, of angry people. Do. But look what how they got Amador into uh, into the rebellion. Hmm. They said, "Hey, do you want to stay here and maybe die, or do you want to come with us and make something of yourself?" Right. Well, th- yeah, exactly. That's. Do you want to? Exactly. How do you? I, didn't he say like, "How do you want to die?" Wasn't it something like that? that yeah. That. Yeah. It was like, "How do you want to die? Do you want to basically? You want to die?" Uh. Uh, you know, uh, in in service of something better than yourself, or you just want to get crushed, right, by the empire. Exactly, and right. it's like that's. It. But you can't that that sentence isn't what gets Andor in. That sentence just clarifies what was already inside him, right? You right. You have to have it one way or the other. You know, it's, it's the fight or flight thing. You're born with it. There's nothing you can do. You know, if, if, <laughs> if you're, if you're born, if you're born to run into it, then you're going to do that. And it's it, but that sentence just clarifies it, And that's why he was looking for him. He knew like, like he says, yeah. I knew you, I know you, which I thought was a really cool scene. Um, but he was already, you know, in his little business in his own way, he was already pricking, you know, giving little pinpricks to the empire. Oh yeah. By, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By, you know, through his business. Yeah. And for uh, anybody so, listening that thinks we're talking spoilers here. Now we're talking about a couple of pieces of the puzzle that 
if you're when you yeah. go to watch it, you're not going to be like, oh, that there's that guy Andor. I knew he was in it. Yeah, it's called Andor. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let, actually, you know what I really like the opening scene for that. The credits, really nice. I haven't talked about that yet oh, in the podcast. Yeah, very artistic. Yeah, yeah. very. The way it sort comes, of like Alien. Yes, good call. I like that. Yes, that's a very good call. Um, but I also like, I haven't figured it out yet. There's got to be a meaning, but how the A, the N, and the D, and the R are all the same, but they use the negative space for the O. And I haven't figured out why. You, you know what I'm well, talking about? Maybe we'll find that next, next season. Maybe. <laughs> I hope I don't have to wait that long. But you know what I mean? There's got to be a reason, like, why that one letter? Why did they take that one letter and make that the negative space and or? And I'm like, I, but just watching that turn around with the, you know, the space, the stars as the backdrop and then the glow that they, I think it is or whatever. And there's a nice the base. I think there's a nice base rumble in there as well with the score. Uh, just a right. really, really nice, subtle, you know, opening. Um, Subtle as I mean, artistically subtle. Uh, I don't think there's anything subtle about it. It's big letters turning around on the screen, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, in the, the, like the outline of the, um, the planet or whatever, just a really, really cool opening. Yes. It's, it's very, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But... <laughs> I, honestly, I hadn't even really thought about it that that deeply <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have that effect on people <laughs> like, like ah, i was just the opening credits Deej. i don't know what to tell you <laughs> like it's just a word and or end of story i was more interested in the content so you see where my mind goes <laughs> i know you're you like graphics and stuff i like i like all of it i like graphics the art because like i said everything has a meaning so there's got to be something there and i'm always looking for it um have you watched rings of power at all no oh rings of that's that got about? another opening that's really nice the way the sand moves across the uh, the screen that's a really cool one <laughs> <laughs> I, I i've watched um um i guess um i guess you forgot Oh, and, and a movie that I, I hadn't seen in a long, long time. Poltergeist. Oh, did you get I the disc? Recently picked that up on um, 4K. Isn't it great? <laughs> oh, that's wild. Isn't that's it? Wild. I, I know. I... Tobe Hooper. What's that? Tobe Hooper, the director. Oh, okay. He had a good... Ad... I don't know what happened to him, but he... Beginning of his career was pretty good. What else did he <laughs> I do? I I think he did um, batteries not included. Oh, okay. Yep. Remember that one? Yep. Yeah. Polter. Yeah, that's the last <laughs> movie I think I saw of him. But Poltergeist, it's a masterpiece. Masterpiece for oh. a flick. Tope hoop. <laughs> Tobe Hooper. Let's see. What else? Uh, Dijin 
from 2013 he did destiny express redux massive let me see one that i would know that he's done tv series no no he did prey tv series no um not the one that we just saw wow 90 yeah he didn't do much after that poltergeist was in 82 he did a billy idol dancing with myself music video in 83 Ooh. uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 he did uh i think that was pretty much forgettable yeah he did life force do you remember that one from 1985 he did that one as well uh i think that was probably the last one that i remember that i would know of yeah i think that movie was as successful as it was because steven spielberg was the producer on life force uh, poltergeist yeah no on oh poltergeist. on poltergeist yeah 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 so well he was the executive producer he didn't produce right yeah he was attached to it so from steven he was attached yeah he was attached to his name was attached to it yeah which made it automatic people are gonna go watch it (laughs) yeah oh yeah um well what had it what had he done where did it go for that i don't know uh he had i just um, know that i just know that the 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 way that movie was made with um with all the special effects from uh industrial light and magic <laughs> yeah it was great it was those that was those, wasn't that the same year as et yeah et came out in 80 i want to say 83 uh was it 83 et came out in 82 as well came out yeah. after poltergeist right right and that that was a big of course people were lining up to go see that yeah let me see <laughs> producer produ- oh these are all what he produced produced uh producer producer where's his director i'm looking for spielberg as a direct what he did before director there we go uh let's see here we have 83 so he did he directed a segment twilight zone the movie he directed this is spielberg now he did et in 82 twilight zone the movie in 83 indiana jones in 81 he did 1941 in 79 close encounters in 77 jaws in 75 uh the sugarland express i haven't seen that was in 74 savage in 73 something evil in 72 and duel in 71 um and that was a tv movie yes i duel. i have the, okay, i've seen that love that movie for that he directed the first episode of colombo yeah one episode murder by the book was yeah. the name of it i'm on imdb this right. isn't all from my memory <laughs> Before that, he was sneaking around on the on the Universal lot. <laughs> he did. He did some. He started his first directorial was the Last Gun, 
in 1959. Uh, he it was a short, and then he did Fighter Squad, another short. Probably did that at, when he was in school. Yeah, probably. Yeah, when he was in school, he did that. Um, he did Amblin, which is where we get Amblin Entertainment. He did Amblin in 1968. Uh, they were both wanderers, but to be more specific, hippies. That's what it was called. That was the <laughs> synopsis of it. So, yeah. Yeah, he had, I mean, as far as being a director, uh, he, he had a crazy career right even before uh, Poltergeist. So that was a good thing. You know, getting his name attached to it helped the movie a lot. But what did you think of the picture on that? It's insane how good it oh, looks. Oh, man, that's the best looking, that's the best looking um, film transfer I've seen. Period. Really? Best ever? Yes. I don't know about that. Yes, it's it's right there. Have you it's seen right Lawrence of Arabia? With, um, yeah, Lawrence of Arabia. It's it, it's right up there with okay. Lawrence of Arabia. All right. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. I'm like, Lawrence of Arabia is insane because it's even older, right? Well, see, it, it comes, Lawrence of Arabia, you have to really think about it. Lawrence of Arabia was shot on 70 millimeter yeah. stock. Right. Okay. Poltergeist stock was set on a 35 millimeter stock. Look how good it looks. Yeah. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. It's insane. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say it's better, but it's one of, I would definitely say it's one of the best transfers uh, of it's that. The transfer of my favorite transfer is um, Lawrence of Arabia mm -hmm. so far. These yeah. are the ones so far. Um, the Ten Commandments. Yes, I have That's that. That's also excellent. But but uh, but here's I, what. Why, now I want to hear why. Why would you put Lawrence of Arabia? Why would that come out of your mouth first? You know what I mean, what, like Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, like as far as the transfer goes, I have my theory, well, but I I have the feeling that. Um, you know, these movies, they have various the elements, mm -hmm. you know, that are all over the place that not all of them have been cared with that well. I, I have this feeling yeah. that Lawrence of Arabia, of course, it's it has been preserved over the years. That's why it looks so good now. But when you take a movie like uh, Poltergeist, which doesn't have that, you know, yeah. credit behind it, and and then you watch it and you say, "Wow, this is a really good looking movie." Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow, you know, I I was really impressed with it. Yeah, it, it's I haven't seen the whole thing all the way through. I'm waiting to do that, watch that with my wife, probably in the next few weeks because you know October Halloween type thing. Um, but when I flipped through it, I was like you, I was like, like, this thing looks amazing. I can't wait to watch this whole thing and just let it wash over me because it looked and sounded better than I've ever seen it before. I haven't seen that one in a year, in years in Poltergeist. I remember seeing it in the movie theater. Yeah, I did and too. Of course, when you see the thing about when you go see movies in the movie theater at that, in that time period, you had to go see the first showing on the first day 
because after that, the film stock would start to deteriorate. Right. And uh, like a VHS tape. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now I have this copy of Poltergeist and it looks like it, it, was, it looks better than it ever looked. In no. No. Here's yeah. a good question. So, Do you think these movies, was there anywhere in the world in 1982 that you could have seen the movie in the quality that we're seeing right now? Was there anywhere that could, could put that kind of resolution, that kind of contrast on a screen? I don't yeah, think so. There were, there were places, there were places like, um, the old, um, Cinerama movie theaters. Okay. That had, um, that had the projections. They had 70 millimeter projectors in some of those. Um, but could they get theaters, that kind so. of contrast? The like well, that level of contrast in a theater. No, that level of contrast didn't actually exist. That's what I'm saying. Until right. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No. It, it's like now when I ask you, I'm not criticizing the time period. I'm actually asking. Like I was hoping you could say, "Oh yeah, 70 millimeter, like a a a pure new cut onto a projector that they had with the light output that they could." I was hoping that you could. Tell, like tell me that yeah somebody could but, but there's one i have my doubts when i first saw um 2001 back in 1969 it was in it was in a honolulu hawaii okay and it was a cinerama theater in downtown honolulu i forget oh. where it, exactly it was but um they had it was a, a 70 millimeter projection system Six channels. Yeah. Right? Six channel sound. And um and this you know the part where when you see the apes at the beginning? Yep, yep. Oh yeah. It looked like they were there. It looked like oh, they okay. were there. <laughs> oh yeah. It was it was amazing. <laughs> okay. So, but I, I think A, we can outdo that. That that's you know, what I'm saying. It's like I mean projection. That's what I'm saying. We got a little lag here. (laughs) For for the time, um, yeah, exactly. That was a great that, and that that's what I mean. It's what we're seeing today is it's it's night and day. If you could get in a time machine and go back and see what we saw, you'd be like, I thought that was good. But our memories of it are how good we thought it was then. But yes, do you feel like exactly. our memories are cleaning it up? Like, for instance, I remember watching, say, um, uh, let's see, Sanford and Son, right? My memory of watching Sanford and Son, I know the opening to it. I know this. I know all. I know some of the jokes. I remember everything about it. I remember the sets and all of the junk in his, you know, cause they were, what did they, they ran a junkyard or whatever. They had all that stuff. And it's like, I remember everything about it, but you know, one thing we all forget the snow because we were watching it with rabbit ears and the, you know, it'd be going in and out and <laughs> it it's like the crappiest image because, but nothing to do with the actual content itself. It was more of how we were getting it broadcast the term broadcast, right? right? Yeah. Because it was broadcast yeah. out over the air to a broad amount of people and whoever could get this with their rabbit ears. 
and tinfoil were lucky enough to get it. We forget all that. So like what our memories of it, like if you actually, uh, and a buddy of mine bought, uh, <laughs> this is funny. A buddy of mine bought Grizzly Adams and he was like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. Somebody had taped it and they saw, and this was probably 20 years ago. He bought this. Um, and he was so excited to get it. He had like, I don't know, maybe 10 episodes of it on tape. Somebody sold them. And he went home and he put it into his VHS player, but it was taped off of the air and it had all the snow and everything. And he had forgotten about snow. And he's like, Deej, you got to come over and check this out. And it's like, you, and that's what I mean. Like our memories clean everything up. So when we see it for, again, like watching Poltergeist now and we see it and we're like, this is great. This is just how I remember it. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than you remember it, but I, you're. I What's that? I have lots of bad memories of bad film stock watching. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, you do remember that, but but you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's like you don't remember the 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 little flaws that we just we just cleaned those up, and now we're getting these things that are just flawless. What is it going to be like twenty, thirty, forty years from now? What are what are the kids gonna kids of today that what are they cleaning up? Well, they'll clean up everything that we think is clean. I know that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We no. thought that was great back then. Yeah, uh, but you know, um, Cinerama was like the pinnacle of uh, a projected image. So yeah, so. For the time, uh, you know, you can only go by uh, the um, technology that was around in the 60s. Right. So, as opposed to the uh, 21st century we're in now, yeah, 20th century, that was the pinnacle of the 21st, uh, of the 20th century um, technology. At the time. I mean, half, after all, we were sending people to the moon. <laughs> Well, did did 2001 come before or after the moon landing? It was more or less simultaneous to the moon landing. Oh, was it? Was it right around moon, that the time? The first moon landing was uh, 68, 68, I believe. No, I thought that was 69. I thought. 69? So, yeah, yeah I, 2001 came out in 69. Right. But I was like, in that year, moon it, landing. It was in that year. Uh Twentieth, uh, July twentieth, nineteen sixty nine. Uh, right. The first human in space was, was in fifty nine, but the first the moon right. landing Apollo eleven was the twentieth of nineteen of July nineteen sixty nine, and then let's see two thousand and one. When did that a space odyssey? Uh, let's see two. Th uh, wikipedia let's do that one i don't want ebay hbo max yeah. okay wikipedia 68 so 2001 is a 68. 68 came out uh okay I, th I thought it was 69 as well release dates april 2nd uptown theater april 3rd united states april 3rd 1968 so it came out a year before the moon landing that's the other reason that's so crazy I don't know. I always thought that was 69 as well. 
But yeah, April 2nd, it came out in the it Uptown Theater. Ago, okay? <laughs> What's that? It was a few years ago. It was yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Almost 60 years ago. Yep. $10.5 million budget in 1968. Its box office was $146 million. Pretty today, good. Today, uh, what was it? $10, $10 million budget today, then, is the equivalent of, I think, a $40, 000, $40 million budget today. I yeah. bet you it's, I thought it would Somewhere be more than, I, I thought it would be more than that. $10 million today. What would you do with ten million? Back then, you could do a lot. I could do a lot with ten million right now. What do you mean back then? <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> you give me a million dollars, I could do a lot with it. Uh, yeah, I'm not finding what it's worth now, but ten million. But at any rate, uh, that was great times back in those days. Yeah. Very heady time. Today's great times too. Don't let anybody fool you. Oh, today, of course. Today's better than better. It is. I always think I get up I get up every day and I tell Siri, Siri, Uh-oh. what's the weather like today? And she tells me, right? Or he the, my Siri is male. Oh yeah? <laughs> Which voice do you have? Yeah, it's uh I have uh the um Bar Burton voice. Oh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> I always wanted, um, uh, what's it, uh, Jarvis, but they don't have it. You have to Jarvis from Marvel, but of course they're not going to do that. That's, that's from Marvel. That's Iron Man's Jarvis. Jarvis, what yeah. time is it? I always wanted that. Have different voices, you know, it doesn't. You can find one that's close to it, but that's what. <laughs> I don't, I'm, you, do you, do you like that stuff? I don't like voice activated. I don't like talking to my I love system. It. I do, love it. I couldn't live without it. It controls the house. Now, it how many people my, are uh, in your house though? Three. Yeah. There's three of us here. Okay. See, I'm, I have two kids in the house. I don't know if I, maybe when it's just me and my wife, I'll like it. Because mm-hmm. it's just us. Well, I have my my wife and my stepdaughter living with me, and uh, yeah, we 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 like Siri. We get along with Siri. <laughs> I I I just haven't wrapped my head around that yet. Yelling at my systems, like hey, such and such. To, I don't yell. I just you know with with uh, in a normal voice. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. There's a new one that's come out. It's a Josh AI that's supposed to be really nice. That's the one with, that goes with Kaleidoscape. It's supposed to be really mm-hmm. high-end and fancy, but you just, you put a puck in each room, similar to like an Amazon or like a Siri, I, and you it'll know what room you're in. And you, you just say, you don't even, I think it's, you just say, turn on the lights or Josh, turn on the lights. And then it knows where you are in the room and it'll, it'll turn it on. Well, yeah, Siri does that too. Yeah. I have, have home pods in three rooms, but the the mics are so sensitive you can only you can be anywhere. Yeah. And just say, Hey Siri, uh uh turn off the man cave light. You know, something like there that. There it goes. It goes off. It just turned off. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to hey, Siri, but... turn on the man cave light. Okay. 
<laughs> now, but what if you said, but see, if you said, hey, Siri, just turn off the light, would it do that in that room? It will ask me which light. Okay. See, that's what the Josh does. Josh AI so, is like, like well, you just go like. It will ask me which light if I'm not near uh, a HomePod. So if I'm near the HomePod, let's say I'm in the master bedroom where a HomePod is. Yeah. I'll say, turn off the lights and the lights will go off. Right. Okay. Yeah. Turn off the lights, and it will turn off the uh up the lights in the master bedroom. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. But the, it, it controls everything. It controls uh, my garage door. <laughs> so when you do that, right. if can you say it into your phone when you're on the road, and it'll open the garage at your house. It only opens, uh, it will open if I'm driving. Yeah. And I say, open the garage door. He'll say, uh, that's not a good idea. And then uh, I can't do that. <laughs> that's oh, not a really? Good idea. But, but once I get, once I get within um, a certain radius of, I have it programmed to let me open the garage door remotely in the car. So, oh, like, cool. if I'm about, say, five blocks away, I say, open the garage door, it'll open the garage door. Oh, wow. Nice. So, how long... Now, because I, I know some listeners are like me right now, and I'm like, rat, like, okay, that sounds like fun. I could... How long, how long did it take you to get your whole house integrated? Did you do it gradually, or did you just... Like, did you just jump in like the deep end and just do the whole house? Or did you do a piece at a time? No, it's, it's been over a period of years. Yeah. Um, I first started when, when Apple first released the, the home, home app. Yeah. That's when I started. That's when I started. So I, excuse me, I started with uh, a few lights, right? Yeah. And then gradually, you know piecemeal yeah yeah, yeah. i have hue lights in my theater and i was thinking of if i'm going to start anything like this i'd always start it in the theater and then expand out from there and then i can work out the kinks and the quirks and and add it to the rest of the house and if everybody goes what the hell is this oh just do this right um <laughs> that's what i i was thinking of, but that's the thing in, in a theater i still want to be able to have a button like i don't want to have to be like hey Siri, while a movie's playing, hey Siri, turn on the lights. Can't do that; it's too loud, right? No, no you know what I? I just hey, say, listen to uh, that. Hey Siri, movie time. Lights, locks, and thermostats in the home app. <laughs> My, I said the hey Siri thing, and we're probably screwing up everybody's hey Siri's right now. But I said the whole thing, and she just started yelling at me, telling me I don't have it set up. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't, <laughs> but I'm no, thinking but of using it. I got my thermostat is connected to Siri. My um, most of my lights, well, ninety nine percent of them. Only there's only like two, maybe two fluorescent um, lights that are not connected. Okay. Um, and then um, so thermostat. Um, I don't have the security system yet. That's that's what I'm working on. Okay. Uh, but 
that's on a different, you know, a different um, level. Yeah. It's connected to my wife. It's connected. To, my security is connected to my internet, but it's, uh, I have it on a separate channel. Okay. So, yeah. So that I, it's not actually on the Wi-Fi. Right. My Wi-Fi net. So, yeah, it's, it's coming along though. It's by, I, I'd say by the next couple of years, everything will be automated. In your house or for everybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, in this house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I, I've, I like that idea. I've seen, what was it? it was a couple of years ago. I saw a demo on that for like the garage. Like there's, there's versions where you don't even have to do anything. It's like a, if this, then that type situation. And you can, you can have your garage door like, open I, just cause you're close to your house. Oh yeah. I, I could do that too, but Siri won't allow you to do that because it's, it's a safety hazard. Right. No, it's a safety. Issue. So Yeah. Yeah, that's true too. You don't want somebody stealing your phone, driving to your house and just your garage door goes up. <laughs> like that's not <Yeah>. good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can, I, I can ask Siri, uh, if I'm on the road, I can ask Siri, Hey Siri, is my garage door closed? And then he'll tell me. Oh, nice. I like that. He'll tell me. You're in luck. It's closed. <laughs> oh, really? That's what he says. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> And if now, if Siri checks that and it's open, will Siri close it for you? It'll ask you, do you want, do you want me to close it? Yeah. Oh, cool. So you say, yes, close the garage door. I like that you've changed it to a guy. I've never heard that before. <laughs> and I'm already saying it like, it's like when you run into somebody in their pet on the street, is that a boy or a girl? <laughs> like it's. <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, well, the reason why I changed it is because uh, I noticed that the new voices that came out a few years ago, they had um, an American sounding voice, a, yeah. a British sounding voice, and and then um, LeVar Burton. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that it's LeVar Burton. Oh, it doesn't? But I just recognize that it is LeVar Burton. Yeah. Oh, okay. And is it really him yeah. or is it just somebody that sounds like him? Oh, it's definitely him. Yeah, it's definitely oh, yeah? his voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. He's doing everything to say reading rainbow. I know. You told me about that last time you were on, <laughs> I think. Um Yeah, I think yeah, it had to be. You the last time you and I talked, we talked about that. Uh so you get up every morning and you talk to LeVar Burton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's my um he's my um butler. <laughs> I don't know if he'd like that, but, <laughs> but he let, he lent his voice out to it. So guess what? You got him as a Butler. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That, oh, that was the, what the other thing that Josh AI did, it, it actually knew what channels, like it's a more in depth. Like if, if you're, if you have a smart TV, it'll, yeah. um, it, it'll actually know what, where the content is you don't have to say play say you said uh hey you don't have to say put on amazon prime or anything like that you would say josh josh put on tomorrow war and it would know where oh, it yeah, is just, it would just do, do it too siri can do that too siri can do that in here. yeah it controls all my tvs 
Yeah. Yeah, but would it so, actually start uh, playing the Tomorrow War like right away? Like turn well, everything I'm on and play sure. tomorrow Tomorrow War. So sure because it doesn't have one point. Like some of the um some of the streaming channels don't interlink with um Apple TV. Right. So um but the ones that it does interlink with, I think we'll do that. Yeah. So, like, if if I say, "Hey Siri, uh, turn on the man cave TV," and it just goes on, it it just turns it on, yeah, turned it on, and then I can say, uh, "Open the, uh, hey Siri, open the Direct TV app." Yeah. Hey Siri, open the Direct TV app in the man cave. And it will it will do it. Oh, cool! Yeah. Cool. Fun. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I like really, I said, I keep really messing funny. with it. I, I just like I like buttons. I like because like <laughs> if I want my theater on, I, like I could be anywhere in the house. I'll just use my Harmony app and I'll just go, I'll click on whichever one I want it to open. Like whether I want it to be Apple TV or if I want to watch a movie and I just click on the input and boom, and I'll fire up everything in the theater. And then when I come down, it's ready to go, you know, I don't, but I don't know if I'm, if it's just me and my wife in the house, then maybe I don't mind being like upstairs and wherever I am and go, Hey, Hey, such and such start the theater room. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, actually, I when I'm in my in the man cave, I prefer operating everything manually. Right. But uh, but outside of this outside of this area, I do. Yeah. I use it. I use Siri all the time. Yeah. Except when I when I uh, hey Siri, turn off TV in the man cave. So. He's saying something in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So which do you do in your, now you have it for people that haven't heard your first appearance, you have a quite the extensive audio collection as we opened up with audio file and an extensive video collection. Which do you do more in there? Do you, do you go in and sit and listen or do you go in and watch more movies? Actually, lately I've been watching more movies than listening to music. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So right now, I'd say about 60, 40 right now. Movies. Really? Yeah. And so I had a listener, G Cornell. He actually, the other day, he emailed me and he wanted to add, he, he had a suggestion for a segment. It's a good suggestion. I don't think we'll ever do it. I actually joked back and forth with them. Um, because I was like, do we need more segments? I just put a five hour podcast out. I don't think I need more segments, <laughs> but it was, it, I, I mean, his suggestion is sound. It's just not for me. And his suggestion was what's on tap for this weekend. It's a good suggestion, but I don't so you know. You can make that a segment in your, you know, a, a short segment in your, uh, weekly podcast. Well, that's, but that, but that's what I was saying. I'm like, 
I don't really need it because oh, I don't, I wouldn't know how to use it because I don't know. And that's what I was going to ask you. Do you know, like, do you plan in advance or for somebody with like that extensive collection of both mediums, do you like plan? Like, I can't wait for Saturday and I'm going to sit down to listen to whatever. Such and such. Or do you just no, get that, inspired no, by really, something and then want to go sit and listen to it? Well, it depends. Uh, I don't really plan anything. Exactly. To go watch anything. I just do it. Right. <laughs> it just comes to me. And, yeah. that, and that's how I feel, too. It's like a lot of times, a lot of times when I listen to your podcast, you, you give me good ideas what to watch. Oh, it, right. Watch that. Yep. Time. Let me go watch that. You know? And do you ever yeah. find yourself and it's it might not even be exactly what I'm talking about. But do you ever find yourself like I'll talk about a certain movie and you'll be like, oh, that movie's. Yeah, that's a good movie. But oh, and that, that reminds me of this movie. And. I, I use that with um, uh, stealth. Somebody was talking about stealth and it made me want to watch. Um, it was a Twitter conversation and somebody mentioned the movie stealth and it made me want to watch behind enemy lines. But do you see what I mean? Like it was that inspiration yeah. and, and that, so it doesn't even necessarily have to be what I say but it's just the idea of different content and it inspire it just whether we talk about an actor or a piece of sound that makes you want to go watch it again. And it's like, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh, I haven't seen that in a while. It makes you want to go do that again for me to plan. I find that if I plan to watch something by the time I sit down to watch it, I don't have the same inspiration to see it that as I did when I originally thought it, you know what I mean? And yeah, and it's yeah. really got to be like well, that for music, in my opinion. Well, in music, yeah, um, it it depends on what what type of mood I'm in. Right. Of course, I'm always in a good mood, so you know, I always like to. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I'm I'm not. I, I'm honestly, I mean, who is? I know, Reggie. Come on, buddy. I know you're in a bad mood sometimes. You're always in a good mood with me. Very but, rarely. Yeah. But sometimes you'd be like, I just don't want to sit down. Sometimes you just don't want to sit down and watch something or you just want, I'm like, I just need to do something or watch something else. And you'll, you'll lean towards. So like, you know what I mean? Like if I ever plan stuff, that's the hardest stuff for me to watch. It's like, I need to be inspired. And that's, and I take in a lot of stuff, sometimes but I need to I'm be inspired. inspired. What's that? I'm, sometimes I'm, in, I'm inspired to plan. Yeah. Uh, watch or to listen. Yeah. So right. I, I will plan. Oh, I'll, I'll hear something, um, you know, like like the other day when uh, they announced the, the Rune um, 2.0 upgrade mm -hmm. that it introduced the uh, ARC app. That inspired me to listen to more music right let's listen to more music so lately i've been going into work listening to music usually i don't listen to music going into work i just listen to the morning my morning podcasts i always listen to yep. like uh i listen to daily what's it called the uh 
Mac OS Ken. You okay. ever heard of him? No. Have you ever heard of him? He's a he's he's um ex um radio reporter. Now he does his podcast and he calls it Mac OS Ken. His name is Ken Ray. Okay. So, um, I listen to, to the Mac Observer. Yeah. Um, I listen a lot of different Science Friday. Oh. On a, in, from NPR. Um, uh, a lot of different podcasts I'll listen to on the way to work. But how long oh, do you that's commute? Another thing I do with Siri. Siri gives me a morning briefing. Oh, really? Every day in my car. <laughs> oh, nice. How long? It's a shortcut. How long's you? Oh, it's a short. How long's your commute? It's about twenty-four minutes. Oh, okay. I, That's I, not bad. I commute from my house here to um, Walnut Creek, which is about um, twenty miles away. Okay. That's not yeah. bad. That's a nice short commute. It's a short commute. Yeah. I drive for like an hour. Usually. Oh, what are you? You work in Boston or? I work all over. I work an hour north of my house. I work an hour south. I work an hour. Depends on where I go. I have a close place that's about 24 minutes away, which I love. That's right in Worcester. A uh, dealership I go to on. That's the one I go to on Saturdays. And it's nice because it's it's a nice short. Oh, you commute. Throw the different. You you paint cars, right? Yeah. So I work out of my truck and I, I work right in the you know outside, right on the lot. So I drive to different dealers and I drive to one that's about an hour away, but that's north of me, and then another one that's it's more like forty five, fifty minutes away, uh, but that's more south southeast of me. Um, but that's, that's fine. And I mean, there would be no place. Like I couldn't move any, cl that's the, 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 you know, that's the job it's driving. So it's, I got to drive. That's what enables me to handle like, Oh, this place isn't doing well. So I find another place that is doing well. So I'm not beholden to a building and waiting for people to come to me. I just go get the work. And so that's what enables me to just oh, keep okay. busy. Yeah. That sounds cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. So, but I do a lot of driving. So I listen. And then once I get places, I'm all by myself. And that's what I, li I listen to podcasts. So I yeah, used I've been, I've been, I was, I've been listening to podcasts before, right when I never had a, um, iPod. Oh, really? When the, when the iPhone, when the, the first, um, smartphones came onto the market you know like i had a trail so did i before, yep. before, yep. before the um before the came iphones out. yep but, yeah and i had a uh, my own collection of podcasts i would listen on my trail really yeah wow see i i was so late to the game for podcasting for listening i was so late to the game yeah. i probably started Oh, it's got to be six, eight years ago, which is late. You know, it's like, cause I've been listening. Yeah. I, I've been podcasting for four years and I started my own podcast. John and I started four years ago, like this week. Um, and I was probably listening for three or four years before that. You know, you don't just start podcast. You know, yeah. I was like, and. Well, back then they did. Yeah. <laughs> back then it was like. Right. Oh, 
hey, we yeah. can be on on a podcast. And uh, I feel like and I, now it's now everybody has now a podcast. I more professional. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's becoming more professional and is it more money in. I'm, I'm yeah. hearing more, but see, it's funny. It's like, I hear more podcasts that are less professional because everybody gets to same with video with, you know, it's like, um, for instance, like for me to do my YouTube videos, I, I waited for a long time to do YouTube because I couldn't, I didn't have the ability to speak. Um, when John and I first did our podcast, they would be like, we would talk and I would go back through and I would take out all the gaps in between. Right. So like, yeah, like for instance, the few times that we've had, you and I have had gaps because of the internet or whatever, I would be, that would kill, would have killed me four years ago. I went back, through, but John and I weren't even good at it. We didn't, we're like, what do we talk about next? I don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. I got a point. Okay. All right. You ready? Let's go back. And I would take all of that out. So I didn't know how to podcast. I didn't know how to speak as, as, as like repetitively or whatever and consistently like we do now. So I would have to take all that out. And when you watch YouTube videos, you'll have all those jump cuts. People make those videos of all, and they add in, they, they just take out everything. I never wanted to do that. I wanted to be able to do a video and be able to sit down and just talk to people and have no jump cut. My son's like, why? Everybody does it. I'm like, but that's not the way it should be done. Cause I'm old. I'm old. Like when you watch the news, they don't go. Even the pros, even the pros do a lot of editing. Oh, I know. I know. But I wanted to be able to get good at it too. That's the artist part of me as like a, I still wanted to learn something. I want, not that I'm good at this, not that I'm a broadcaster. Or I have any talent at this whatsoever. It's there's a yeah. talent for this, but I wanted to at least get a taste of it. I wanted to be able to try and do it. And then, and I did, and John and I did, John's good at it too. We, we worked to, well together, but it took us a long time to be able to do that. And did you hear the latest episode of the, not the one this past week, but the the previous episode of the HT guys, yeah, this past week, okay, when uh, he was he was obviously drunk, right? Oh yeah. So, but instead of <laughs> instead of keeping his mouth shut, the Darian are saying, "Hey, you know, uh, he was drunk," <laughs> and I'm <laughs> well that. That to me is, that to me is very unprofessional. Oh, you don't no. say when you make nope. a mistake. You don't let anybody know. Oh no 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 no. no. You, you, well, here you bury it. Can I? Yeah. Well, <laughs> can I uh, <laughs> peek behind the curtain? I'm going to defend my boys. There's a <laughs> lot more on the cutting room floor. And Ara had. Oh no! Yeah, he even said he even said that right. there was a lie on the No, no, no! But that's the, was. right. But, but if if but he, when I, but if he doesn't say anything, there would have been those cuts. You're like, what the hell happened here? So Ara, Ara, like me, is feeling like I need to explain this a little bit. And when you get to the end, you know, like our, I mean, Braden sounds drunk. I mean, it, it's a great <laughs> podcast. It's hysterical. But you know, it, 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 
it needed to, I think I agree with our, I think it needed, and I would have done the exact same thing. John and I did one. John did one on our other podcast where he was drunk and it was like, and it's on YouTube too. It's a YouTube video. So you could see him like going South and we, we actually leaned into it. Um, but, but yeah, Ara felt like I need to, I need to explain this for, because for their podcast, it wasn't, they don't have a podcast that is that kind of a genre where you can, it's more about home tech and everything. And they wanted to keep it. He was trying to keep it professional and it's like, so it's like, that was a difficult decision for him. I bet you 99% of the people who listened to that podcast and didn't know what was going on, Mm. they would never know. They would just, oh, it's just a podcast, normal show, right? But until John said, oh, uh, you know, when you're listening to this podcast, you're going to hear, yeah, Yeah. he pointed it, he pointed it out, and then that's all you're going to hear. The rest. Well, and that's right. And that's, you know, uh, I know what you're saying, but I also, I also know what he needed. I also know what he went through ahead of time. And it's like, it it was. What I'd say is just at the end, if you're going to put a disclaimer in, put it in at the end, don't do it in the middle. Because (laughs) people were, and now they're going to watch now they're just going to wait for it to happen again. No, I don't think it'll happen. I don't know. I, I can't say it'll never happen again, but it, it's, I mean, I know Braden had a good time. <laughs> he had fun with it, but I don't know if Braden wants to necessarily repeat it right away. So, but no, I, I don't, I don't think Ira did anything wrong there. I think that was his call, you know, and he had to edit some stuff oh, out. Yeah. So he put that piece in just to fill that gap. It, but yeah. It's just not something, you know, um, that's the show business in me when you. Right. But what you're damned if that's one of those things though, that you're damned if you do, or you're damned if you don't. Right. So like, I, I, I get your point. It's like, if you don't say anything, maybe most people never even know anything happened. But if you do say something, well, now you're going to point out to some people that might never have known. So. Right. But, but at the same time, if you don't say anything, what happens if there are people that did notice and they're put off by it and they're not entertained by it? Well, if someone is, you know what I mean? It's very hard to tell. It's very hard to tell by a voice if someone is really alleviated. I mean, you have to, you have to see them and hear them. But it, but you're talking to listeners that are, that's all they do is listen to you. They don't know you. Yeah, they don't necessarily they re- see a how video. Are they really listening? But you know? well, that's the thing. And they've been listening to them for many, many years. I knew he was, I, I, I could hear it. I, yeah. They were, one of the, they were one of the first podcasts I used to listen to. Right. You know, even on a trail. So, <laughs> but, but you couldn't tell that he was pretty well gone i really couldn't especially so by the end listening, listening, listening. yeah he seems kind of hmm, i don't know yeah. then when he pointed out that he was drunk yeah it was great <laughs> it was great <laughs> it was great because it's really odd stuff he was saying 
kind of odd stuff. Like, um, you know, I don't believe in um, those certain types of stimulants or drugs or something he was talking about. Oh, right, about. right, right. At the beginning, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't believe then, in those. Where the I hell did that come from? Oh, yeah, he was drunk. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Already... Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, yeah, this, yeah. And, uh, and, and he does, you know, Ara had, he's, he's the one, he's always bringing up um, how, how he loves his bourbon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so does Brayden. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's not mad like, that he was drunk, but he's just like, oh, okay, I, I got, you know, please enjoy. <laughs> Look at, this is what we got. <sighs> yeah. That was good stuff. Okay. Good stuff. But it was a great podcast. It was a great. Oh podcast. yeah, See, yeah. Just, I was actually amazed at how well he could read this his constructive. This is constructive criticism. This is not yeah. meant to degrade. This is no, not at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I, 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 I know exactly what you're saying. But I also understand why Ara did what he did, and I'm fine with either way. I, I, I agree with you. Like maybe you just let it go, and then nobody knows. But at the same time, I felt Ara felt like I need for the people that might be put off. I need I need an explanation, and he's fine with the okay. Maybe it's pointing out to some okay. other people, but at that point, I, I would I would want to take back and like he did edit out the craziness. <laughs> yeah, well, when you yeah. get to the end of it, so, there's no editing out some of that, and it's just you could hear it. I thought he was very. I yeah. thought Braden handled it. I knew I knew about it before it aired, and when I heard it at the beginning, to your point, I was like, yeah. "He doesn't sound that drunk." I'm like, I, "I'm like," I, I was like, "Huh?" He sounds. I was very surprised at how good he did because he had to read emails, right? And he's like, he's reading. Mm -hmm. It sounded normal to me, and then by the end of it. I was like, there it is. Especially after the part where Ara comes in, you could hear, I mean, the ending, listen to the ending. It's like, what do you think of this? I think this is great. This is the best. I think people should go look, watch some HDTV. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> it's just like, what the hell did well, that go? they should change their uh, outro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was, it was awesome. It was great. And, but yeah, like, like to your point at, at the beginning, I didn't really notice it and I knew about it. And then it was, you can hear there's a distinct turn south <laughs> where, where Braden goes downhill pretty fast. Like it starts hitting them and it's pretty good. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and there, there's some behind the scenes stories that I heard that are very similar to when I recorded with John and John got drunk and got really bad. And it it was, it was funny. Like, and I talked to, uh, I don't know if our talked to Braden the next day. I talked to John the next day and John's like, I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh no. So he had to hear the podcast back to find, to hear it back. And <laughs> he was like, I, we talked about it in the next week's podcast. And John's like, I don't even remember some of that podcast. So, Good thing it was recorded, but that's okay, fun. Man. I, it's almost uh, two o'clock here. All right. Yep. 
five o'clock where you are, right? So. I don't know. I don't even pay attention anymore. I just talk and when people <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> yeah, is I it almost five o'clock? I, I I'm gonna hit the town. All right, you're gonna hit the town. Are you are you gonna yeah, be bringing uh, your rune with you, yeah, or are you going out to enjoy something no. else? I'm going out to see actually uh, a live concert. So. Look at you. Enjoy, buddy. Thank All you. right. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks right. for coming on again, Re Reggie. And can you do me one favor? What's that? Go push play. Boom! Thank you. <laughs> Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.